Hello, I'm Lenai Quinta, a member of the Northwestern University Pride Alumni Club Board of Directors, NUPAC. And welcome to Who Knew? Who Knew is the NUPAC podcast where we interview distinguished LGBTQ plus alumni of Northwestern University and hear what their experiences were like, both pre-graduation and post-graduation. Our guest today is Mo Ari Brown. Here's how they describe themselves. A major part of my work is thinking deeply about authenticity and how humans navigate their desires for connection and love while being their optimal selves. It's been a major part of my personal development as a transgender person and as a licensed marriage marriage and family therapist. I enjoy talking about my personal and professional journey. Close quote. Well, hello, Mo, and why don't we begin by talking about that personal and professional journey that is so very meaningful to you? Thank you for having me. Uh, I love uh, any opportunity to talk about authenticity, uh, but I'll say that I graduated from Northwestern in 2015 with my my license, well, my marriage and family therapy master's. And right after that, I was like, I already know I want to work with the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, and going, going deeper and deeper into that work, I began to even... Uh, explore my own identity and really understand myself in like greater ways. So I already knew uh, somewhere near the end of Northwestern that I identified as LGBTQIA+, but I didn't know that I identified as transgender. So I was assigned female at birth and I uh, actually went to Northwestern for undergrad and grad school, uh, undergrad with my identical twin sister. Uh, And so that was a lot of my experience at Northwestern was being there with her. Uh, But after leaving Northwestern and really going deeper into my practice as a therapist and meeting so many people, uh, I began to really understand myself as transgender. And uh, I really have developed a niche working with the transgender community and helping uh, all people really explore authenticity and really uh, define themselves for themselves and really pick apart maybe some of the all of the expectations we get about who we're supposed to be and really lean into who we are. And so that's, that really is a big part of my work and I'm, I'm just glad to be here. Well, it sounds like you've been on quite, quite a journey. And uh, as, as you bring up that topic, I of course have been a part of the community for, for many decades and uh, had officer roles in organizations. And the one thing that I've heard constantly ever since golly, the early 1970s from my transgender friends is them telling stories about being literally fired, in essence, by their mm-hmm. doctor or their their therapist or, or their counselor. And what a, a difficult time they have had. And uh, with some of the things going on in the culture currently, I'm, my sense is that that's not going to get any better particularly soon. Although many good things are happening, we can't deny that. But I just wonder, what's your take on that? And uh, how can that be improved? I know most of the LGBTQAI plus organizations I work with or have been an officer or a member of uh, do have uh, formal and uh, or informal referral services, which are which are literally lifesavers. Uh, Mo, what do you think? 
You're absolutely right. Uh, and that's very insightful that your friends have been really highlighting something that is a real problem within, I would say, all of the helping spaces. So not just within the mental health field, but across like all kinds of professions that transgender people not only experience discrimination, that they're more likely to experience violence uh, at the hands of providers and in those spaces. And so that's a real challenge that I think has really been a foundation for the work that I've been doing uh, is and that's why I've really tailored my work to working with transgender people over the years uh, because I saw that there was a real need and there's a real gap in the body of knowledge so to speak uh, and so there have been many opportunities that have come my way to really educate other therapists and other providers on how to be celebratory and affirming because there is a real need for that right now I would say more than it has always been there, but I would say even more than ever now that now that there's even more opposition. So there's not just this misunderstanding that's happening. There is potentially even more threat to the the rights, the um, and the lived experiences of transgender people in the U.S. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I wonder if this is your experience with your. Uh friends and uh, your, your clientele, I, uh, I find that the negative stories and the negative legislation that's being proposed and debated across the country gets me exceedingly depressed at times. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, if you, if I were to only consume that information, it would be very, very challenging to really believe that there's there's hope. Uh, so I, I think another part of my work is encouraging people to go out and create the world that they want to live in. I think I felt that charge leaving Northwestern, especially being in Sesti, where we really want to change the world. Uh, my That's been in my heart is is to really go and create the kind of world I want to exist in, one where there is more hope than that negativity and that the positivity and love and the celebration of all people will outweigh that. So how did you get onto this path, Mo? You didn't uh, obviously wake up one morning uh, in your uh, early teens uh, deciding this was going to be your life's career. Uh, so how did you move through a school and, and end up at, uh, at Northwestern? You know, that's uh, that's so such a great question. Uh, I'll start with, you know, I had a I have an older brother who got his Ph.D. at Northwestern and uh, sometime in high school, uh, I would say he was being, you know, he had he was graduating, essentially getting hooded and doing all of the things uh, that doctors do from Northwestern. And I was very inspired. Uh, I really admired uh, him in that moment. And the campus was beautiful. It was like no other place I'd been and it was right in my backyard. So for me, being the youngest of the family, I was like, oh, and I don't have to go that far from home. And it's a great school. Um, and so uh, like most kids from the south side of Chicago, I was aspiring to do more than the previous generation had done. And my parents were really wanting the best for us. And so Northwestern was like a no brainer for me. I was like, this is where I want to go. And actually I was dating a, a guy at the time and he got into University of Pennsylvania. I got into University of Pennsylvania, but it was something about Northwestern. I was like, I cannot follow you here um, to UPenn. I am going to Northwestern. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that I did. It was the best decision uh, for me. So um, that was a crisis. Yeah, absolutely. 
but to answer your question, once I got to Northwestern, I actually got to do um I got to do therapy with a counselor at the women's center and that's what changed my life. Uh, once I did therapy for the first time with a counselor at the women's center at Northwestern, I was like, I want to be a therapist. This is my life's calling. Uh, so, uh, this was probably junior year. I, uh, I worked with this therapist. And so early senior year, I was like, I'm only applying to Northwestern for grad school. I had, I just had made up my mind. I also had the opportunity to do Marriage 101 with Dr. Alexandra Solomon, which is a very popular course still to this day on campus. People line up to take this course. And I was like, yeah, this solidifies my decision. I'm going to Northwestern for grad school too. And thankfully that worked out. <laughs> well, that's quite, quite a story. One that I, I rarely hear, especially with the, the older sibling going, getting a PhD while you were young and impressionable. Yeah. Uh, Mo, what was that... Um, undergraduate experience like for you at Northwestern? You've come from the south side of Chicago. Uh, this wasn't that long ago. You're not that ancient a person. Uh, so you're talking about Northwestern in modern times, unlike myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm a class of 66 Medill. Uh, what was your experience like at looking? What was it like for you then? And, and looking back, what, what is it like? Think, what do you think about it now? I feel like Northwestern opened so many doors for me. Uh, granted, I want to always honor my own strengths and, you know, all of the gifts and talents I've brought into the world. There was something about Northwestern being, um, it was, it was such, it was the right environment for me because what it did with all those gifts and talents was like open them up. It like amplified them because of the resources, because of the access to all different people of all kinds of cultures and professors that really wanted to help. And so I found myself at Northwestern. Well, I literally found myself at Northwestern. And then I found myself at Northwestern being so curious about everything and wanting to to learn and grow and expand. And I, I don't think that that's everyone's college experience, but there is something about Northwestern uh, that I hear from so many people is that there's like this open heartedness that happens where you're like just wanting to grow and expand. There are not many places in your adult life where you're like wanting to be pushed and challenged. But I found myself like many other people at Northwestern wanting that. So my experience was that like a lot of expansion, a lot of first time experiences. I didn't know what quinoa was or kale was when I got to Northwestern, you know, like I, I, it was a whole new world for me. Uh, and so we're, I'm in places where people want to talk about policy and they want to know what I think about philosophy these were just experiences where that were so new but the the nerd in me was like yes this is what i've been wanting my whole life and then uh, you earned your degree what was that uh, a bachelor's uh, a bachelor mm -hmm. of arts a bachelor's of science in human development and social policy and then you went on to pursue a master's and a doctorate both just a master's in marriage and family therapy. I see. And what was that experience like? That was probably what, a couple of years? Yes, it was a two-year program. It's actually still currently on campus uh, at the Family Institute. And so it's a part of the graduate school. Uh, and that program was phenomenal. It's one of the only programs in the country for marriage and family therapy that actually does the internship for therapists in-house. So because the family, the, the family Institute has a number of different centers across the city, 
uh, they're actually able to to offer every single student the number of hours they need in order to leave Northwestern with all of the hours to apply for associate marriage and family therapy licensure, which just means that you're able to graduate on time and you're not trying to scrounge up hours like many other people have to do when they leave uh, psychological programs elsewhere. And so that was phenomenal. That was a big part of why I chose Northwestern because I didn't want to have to go find clients. Uh, Northwestern uh, and that program did all of that for me. And I got the supervision that I feel was top tier in quality. Wow, that is a huge, huge advantage from what I hear from uh, from others in, in the profession. That's a, that has been a terrific experience for you. So, as you look back, are there are there things that you think were particularly strong in your undergraduate and graduate preparation that uh, you'd like to single out and, and and thank Northwestern for? You've already mentioned a few of them. Are there are there some other things, particularly in terms of your campus life uh, in pursuing both degrees and your relationships with other people on campus. How was that for you? I'm going to say all of it. I can't even stop naming all of the things. Uh, I would say that Northwestern gave me access to quality mentorship. And so there are many people that I can think of to this day that I still have connections with. Um, in particular, Dr. Tamara Johnson was the director of multicultural student affairs when I was on campus. And uh, I've connect, I've stayed connected with her as she's gone to other universities and done other work. And people like um, E. Patrick Johnson, who's who uh, had been at Northwestern for, uh, has been in Northwestern for a long time. Uh, it's just in onward. Uh, I'm just so grateful for the connections that Northwestern has brought because I've been able to really uh, find mentorship in people that represent a diverse array of identities. Uh, and I think it was also the kind of environment that offered me um, a lot of hope and a lot of inspiration for who I could become. I got to see a lot of examples for what it looks like to be successful. And a lot of it was creative and self-made. Uh, and so even when I think about the people that were in my class that went through Medill. I'm like, you could be running TV at some point and I get to be in class with you. That just felt so beautiful and promising and inspiring that we were all on our, our authentic journeys, but together. And there's nothing quite like Northwestern in my experience. And uh, I can say that with some experience because I had a career in higher education administration in alumni relations and advancement at other universities around the, uh, uh, Northeastern quadrant of the United States. And uh, yeah. I think that Northwestern is, is truly special. Every university says they're special, but I think Northwestern is very truly special because of the things you've, you've just mentioned, Mo. Now, I wonder if you would tell us a little bit more about those connections you have. Uh, you've been active in maintaining contact with some of your former professors. What, what's been, uh, your life like in terms of Northwestern intersections, Northwestern connections with alumni and the Alumni Association. And you've, you've had some Alumni Association uh, experience uh, with uh, NUPAC, with the Northwestern University Pride Alumni Council too, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been able to go to some events here in Atlanta uh, and I've been able to, you know, get back to campus from time to time, especially when I was in Chicago for like games and like events and uh, I love how 
present alumni from Northwestern are, how living no matter where I am in the, the country, I can be walking around in a Northwestern uh, t-shirt and someone stops me. And I mean, I met someone in uh, Sandy Springs in Georgia. I think he was 90 years old and he was like just excited, got out of his car to shake my hand. Like, I love that enthusiasm and that love wherever we go. And I know that there's something that happened in our experiences, no matter what generation we're from, that we feel like almost like family when we see, it doesn't matter race, color, like that just hasn't mattered in my experience. I still get people stopping me to this day, like just to share love. And I love that. It's almost like we all went there at the same time because we all end up having this just, you know, this open heart uh, for one another. I confess I've had that experience and I, and I can't resist reaching out when I see a wildcat. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll run over and say hi and introduce myself. <laughs> I do too. I love that. I wonder if not only just as a person with a life experience, which you have uh, many years of some very interesting experiences and, and, and challenging, challenging ones. I wonder, Mo, if uh, you would offer what your insights and advice are to a student considering Northwestern or, or a student currently at Northwestern or maybe just uh, just starting at Northwestern. And thirdly, what would you say to, uh, to your fellow alumni, uh, not only within the uh, LGBTQAI plus community, of course, but to alumni generally in terms of what, what you've learned and experienced, because you have a, a wealth of knowledge and the lived experience of yourself and those that you have worked with and observed both in formal and in professional roles. This is a great question. I'd like to start just acknowledging people who might be, you know, thinking or about or considering Northwestern as a university. I'm thinking about the skyrocketing cost of education and all of these things. So when we think about that across the board, it matters where you choose to go to school. It's always mattered. But now it's like, if you're going to spend that kind of money, you really want to make sure that you're making the right decision. And I can say confidently, you know, my parents did not have that money. I don't know what loans they took out or whatever to get us through. Uh, but I know they did things like that in order to to get there. And so they still ask me to this day, like, was it worth it? And I was like, unequivocally, <laughs> yes, it is worth it. Um, and I can't say that everybody has that experience after spending that, that kind of money on their education. But for me, I still think about every single job interview I went into after Northwestern um, or every single um, speaking opportunity or something, someone mentioned where I went to school. And so to say it doesn't matter, is kind of like not true. Um, now, of course, you have to do the rest of the work, uh, but I would say that there was that Northwestern offers not just like prestige, it, it offers um, the kind of environment that nurtures you. It's like it was my first time away from my parents for real. I'm the youngest of the family, uh, but at Northwestern, I felt held. I felt like people cared about whether or not I sank or swim. Um, and I think that that was, you know, important. So for anybody considering a university, you want to think about a place where you can actually call it home. Um, and I'd say for alumni, continuing to, to show up and give back uh, is so important because there are so many uh, 
young Northwestern students right now that are uh, probably looking to you for inspiration, guidance, mentorship. Uh, you're probably a role model. Think about like where we were. We were on that campus and we were just thinking about our first job and we were somehow in our head that first job was going to be the one that like, you know, we we're going to have so much money. We're thinking about all these things. Uh, we're that for other people now. I so our representation matters, our visibility matters. So whenever you're thinking about whether or not you go home for homecoming or whether or not you participate in being a mentor when the emails go out or whether or not you give that donation, really think about those souls that are on campus just like we were uh, needing that extra whatever it was, whether it was encouragement or financial support. And that's why we, we give back. Oh, yes. That was so beautifully stated. Thank you, Mo. Now I'm wondering, um, you're a very thoughtful person and you've been through a lot and, and you see a lot. I, I wonder what, what is it that keeps Mo Ari Brown up at night? Oh, <laughs> my wife will tell you so many uh, interesting answers to this question. I think the biggest one is I, I really believe in this idea that we get to create the world that we want to live in. And so what keeps me up at night uh, is really thinking about my part in this creation. So what role will I play? What's my mission? What will be my legacy when I leave here? What will I leave future generations with? Uh, and I, I hope to leave them with an inheritance rather than a burden. So I want them to inherit love for me. I want them to inherit a, like a world that is better than the one I found and not in a cliche way, like in a real way. How can I do my part? So I think about when I was at Northwestern, um, I was involved in a sorority at the time. So prior to transition, I was involved in a sorority and I got the opportunity to partner with the uh, Arbor Day Foundation. And uh, so then I was like, well, what can I do on campus that will relate to this initiative? Because I want to do something for Northwestern. And so I part, I got my chapter to create nature walks for Evanston community to come on campus and do like walks around the campus to really learn about the trees. But then we also did tree planting on the campus. And then we also partnered with the department that was, uh, oh, I think it's called Sustain in You. Um, and so I'm thinking about those things constantly, like how can I leave a, a legacy? And so there are probably trees there that I was involved in planting. And that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up. Like, how can I make the world a better place? Um, I think that that was prior to Northwestern, but Northwestern definitely made that like an, an unwavering uh, passion inside of me. Uh, so I'm I'm grateful for those experiences. Those nature walks are really terrific. I had no idea you had anything to do with that, and I thank you for it. I think that's that's just incredibly terrific that you were you were involved in that, and Beautiful. and that's very inspiring to hear what you say. What what's next for uh, for Moari Brown? Do you think uh, it's hard to predict your own future? God knows I failed at that <laughs> miserably myself. But maybe if we were talking about the next five years, where where do you see uh, yourself going? And maybe maybe you have an end of end of career goal. Like when I started out my career, I actually started out as a think tank consultant. I didn't even know what a think tank wow. was when I graduated from college. But uh, uh, but I always thought that at the end at the end I want to go back to being a consultant, and and I did. What 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 do you think is ahead for uh, for for Brown? 
Well, you know, I would love to continue to just be a visible representation of authenticity and especially a visible representation of LGBTQIA plus people, you know, globally. I don't know what platform that's going to be on, but, you know, I'm really hoping to continue to share these messages around authenticity and how we can be our best selves in relationships. So right now I'm the loving connection expert at Hinge and a big part of my role has been being a representative for LGBTQIA plus people on and off of the app. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a TED Talk in Atlanta uh, with TEDx Atlanta uh, in May uh, that will be about this radical authenticity that I'm always talking about. So I'm excited about that. So I want to do more of that. I want to do public speaking and really um, share these kinds of insights on a larger, in a larger stage, in a larger way. Well, it's been an inspiration interviewing you and getting to know you better, uh, Mo. Our guest today has been Mo Ari Brown, and I thank you so much. I know you're going to continue to be active in the NUPAC and uh, at the Northwestern University Alumni Association, and we're grateful for your time and, and your inspiring journey, and you inspire me too because you continue to hold the truth and work towards it no matter the obstacles. Thanks so much for being with us, and go Cats! Go Cats! Thank you so much for having me.